I think that burnout happens because of resentment. The notion that, wow, I worked 100 hours last week and I couldn't even have this thing I really wanted. Welcome to Mindset Medicine with Dr. Julia Bolin, physician, author, and founder of Personal Awareness Medicine. Mindset Medicine is a program that gives you personal and professional strategies to empower you to think more clearly, feel more vivacious, and act with intent. Dr. Julia's expert guests share tips and techniques to inspire you to be healthier, wealthier, and wiser. Welcome to Mindset Medicine, episode number 16, Running on Empty, How to Beat Burnout Before It Beats You. I also think burnout happens when a situation just like I just had, where I recorded this entire podcast and forgot to turn on my microphone. So I started re-recording this entire episode only to get really frustrated and basically get angry and said, you know what, I'm going to apologize up front that the quality isn't exactly how it should be. And hopefully you will forgive me because I don't want to burn out trying to get this episode out to you on time. So there we go. So let's move on. And thank you for your understanding. All right, here's a slip from the film Office Space, 1999. Peter Gibbons. The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's just that I don't care. Bob Porter. Don't, don't care? Peter Gibbons, it's a problem motivation, all right? Now, if I work my ass off and Inatech ships a few extra units, I don't see another dime. So where's the motivation? And here's something else, Bob. I have eight different bosses right now. Bob Slidell, I beg your pardon? Peter Gibbons, eight bosses. Bob Slidell, eight? Peter Gibbons, eight, Bob. So that means that when I make a mistake, I have eight different people coming by to tell me about it. That's my only real motivation. It's not to be hassled. That and the fear of losing my job. But you know what, Bob? That will only make someone work hard enough to not get fired. The now classic cult hit film, Office Space, it chronicles the bleak life of cubicle cog Peter Gibbons, who works at a fictional software engineering firm called Inatech. It depicts his aggravating commute, irritating co-workers, and a mindless boss, and a personal life on the verge of disaster. The tagline of the movie is, work sucks. So while your job may not suck, if you've ever worked in an environment that made you feel more like a corporate zombie than a celebrated talent, you may relate to the sense of apathy and desperation that causes this kind of stress that does eventually lead to burnout. Let's face it. Our work can sometimes leave us feeling stressed and exhausted. The stress can take a toll on you physically, emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically. Sometimes that stress can take us to the point where we feel like we're just hanging on by a very thin thread. And at any moment, that thread can snap. When you're experiencing daily or weekly run-of-the-mill type stress, when the weekend comes, and you pick your recharge remedy, date night, hanging out with the family, a walk in the woods, a cup of tea, a good book, and before you know it, you're back to feeling right as rain on Monday morning. But have you ever experienced long stretches of time 
where you felt more like more than just merely stressed out. Times when just getting out of bed can feel like you're being asked to lift twice your weight. Have you struggled with day-to-day stressors of life to the point, well, you just feel like you just don't care anymore? Perhaps you're experiencing a sense of fatigue, lack of drive, and ineffectiveness right now. Perhaps you're burned out. And if so, you are not alone. As I said in the intro to this episode, this is a quote from Marissa Mayer, IT executive and former CEO of Yahoo. I think that burnout happens because of resentment. That notion that, wow, I just worked 100 hours last week and I couldn't even have this thing I really wanted. We have a complicated relationship with our job and businesses, and that has led to a work-life imbalance skewed in favor of work. You don't have to look far for evidence that people are working longer hours, taking on more responsibilities, skipping holidays and weekends, and feeling an overall sense of overwhelm at work. Perhaps the effects of burnouts are staring right back at you every time you look in the mirror. A Gallup report conducted in 2013 showed that a mere 13% of employees around the world are enthusiastically invested in their work. Folks, only 13% of people in the world in 2013 were enthusiastically invested in their work. In the United States, the poll indicated that only 30% of the workforce is really engaged with their work. That leaves a whopping 70% of employees who are disconnected with the work that they do. Let that number sink in for a moment. 70% of employees are stressed, unmotivated, disinterested, and basically burnt out. Are you one of them? Despite these staggering statistics, there is little understanding, support, or sympathy for burnout. I know we're trying to address it more and more, but I'm telling you, sharing our sense of overwhelm, our deepest fears, and stress is often met with platitudes like, suck it up, that's life, or keep calm and carry on. But sucking it up only intensifies the feelings of hopelessness that can arise from prolonged stress. And what's worse is ignoring chronic burnout can lead to anxiety, insomnia, which is sleep disturbances, helplessness, the inability to concentrate, impaired memory, headaches, neck pain, back pain, GI disorders like irritable bowel, diarrhea, nausea, gastritis, immune system dysfunction, which can increase your risk of infection, and depression. And let's just face it, depression, I think right now as a doctor, is a freaking pandemic. Depression is really sucking everybody in. So in the show notes, there's a link to a self-care quiz. It's complimentary. Feel free to take it, download it, do with it what you want, but just see how you really are doing on your self-care and burnout prevention. Do you think your mind is powerful enough to overcome all the stress all the time? Well, it is, but not over a long term. It turns out that burnout impairs our brain's ability to function. Over time, our capacity to process memory, concentrate, and to control emotions is impaired when burnout exists. And if all that wasn't enough, burnout also decreases our immune function, making us more susceptible to viruses and colds and flus and COVID. It also increases the risk of developing cardiovascular disease like heart attacks and strokes and diabetes. Basically, burnout can kill us. But there is good news. We can reverse the adverse effects of burnout on both our bodies and our brains. 
But in order to do that, we need to better understand what burnout is and what the warning signs are. We need to determine where we are on the burnout continuum and how to prevent it or how to overcome it if we are right smack dab in the middle of it. So first of all, I'd like to review the three main elements of burnout. Have you ever heard the uh, song from Johnny Paycheck? Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. So I'm sorry if I insulted your ears, but can you think of a time when you wanted to tell your boss to take this job and shove it? Well, who hasn't? And what's the source of those feelings? According to a professor of psychology at the University of California and an expert in occupational burnout, Christina Maslach, burnout is a syndrome characterized by three elements, exhaustion, cynicism, and a lack of personal accomplishment. Let's take a closer look at these three elements of burnout by Christina. Exhaustion. You know what it feels like to be exhausted. You know, when you're drained and your reserves are just completely used up, there is nothing left. It's a result of being emotionally, intellectually, and or physically overextended. Exhaustion makes it difficult to concentrate and it can feel as if your brain is lost in a fog. Do you feel like your get up and go has just got up and went? Well, exhaustion is more than just feeling stressed out. It is tapped out. You are done. You are cooked. Next is cynicism. Have you ever caught yourself believing that people are solely motivated by self-interest? Cynicism can make you feel distant and cause you to withdraw, especially from others. This negatively impacts your relationships, interferes with your ability to get your job done. And if you're experiencing a sense of depersonalization or a lack of emotions, like numbness towards your boss, your work, your colleagues, coworkers, or clients, then it's quite possible that you are in the middle of cynicism, which is a part of burnout. Another part of the element of burnout is inefficiency. So do you feel as if you don't have the power to produce the results that you want? Feeling a sense of low personal accomplishment, which leads to feelings of incompetence, is another indicator of burnout. Inefficiency can lead to lower self-esteem and low confidence. Does it feel like you are constantly spinning your wheels and you never really quite reach the results that you're after? You might be suffering from inefficiency. Some other common indicators of burnout could include putting little or no effort into your projects, tasks, or relationships that are, well, used to be important to you, feeling emotionally numb, feeling helpless and lethargic, experiencing long-term emotional and psychological pain, and feeling a long-term loss of hope, like you just got to the point of hopelessness. Do any of the above descriptions resonate with you? Maybe you felt that way at some point in your life, or maybe it's going on right now. Or perhaps it describes somebody you know. And if so, it may be worthwhile to look more deeply into that syndrome known as burnout. With greater insight, finding solutions, and taking preventable steps, this can become possible. So, causes of burnout. Let's talk about that. Here are some lyrics from the song 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Working 9 to 5, what a way to make a living, barely getting by. It's all taken and no giving. And you get the idea. You would think that I would deserve a fat promotion. Want to move ahead, but the boss won't seem to let me. I swear sometimes that man is out to get me. 
After surveying more than 10,000 people across wide ranges of organizations, Christina Maslach and her associates who did the work on burnout determined that most workplace burnout fell into six areas. One, workload. Too much work, too few resources. Two, control. Accountability without authority and lack of employee input. Reward, number three. Discrepancies or incongruities between the effort that employees are doing and the financial rewards and or absence of recognition, acknowledgement, appreciation, and credit. I personally have suffered from that one. I really did, and it really hurt to not be acknowledged and appreciated for a while. Number four, community. Suffering from isolation, a high-conflict work environment, or lack of respect from your bosses, coworkers, or customers. Number five. Fairness, experiencing inequality, punitive discipline, preferential treatment, and or discrimination. And number six, values. Facing conflict between personal and business values. This is when ethics clash. So is it any wonder so many of us feel like we want to move ahead, but the boss won't seem to let me? Well, Dolly Parton's ditty became a rallying cry of sorts to acknowledge that everyday struggles and frustrations of employees really are facing. So, turns out, she may have been onto something. Since according to Business Insider, the average person spends somewhere around 90,000 hours at their workplace. 90,000 hours of their lives in the workplace. Knowing where to find the source for your own burnout makes you better equipped to avert and eventually eliminate it from your life. And once you know what to look for, and with little effort, recognizing the signs of burnout and taking measures to avoid it can become second nature, I promise you. So now that you know what the signs to look for from your work environment, it's time to get a little more personal and see where you can find the signs of burnout in your life. And again, look at the show notes below. There is a link to a self-care quiz. It's complimentary, it's free, and I encourage you to feel free to take it and see how you are really doing on your self-care and burnout prevention. Okay, now let's dig a little deeper. If you can take out a pen and paper, do so. If not, just take time to pause or just listen and reflect so you can answer the following questions to see where you fit on the continuum of burnout. Reflecting in the past six months... Think about whether these statements are mostly true or mostly false. You can do this while driving, just be careful. But I just want you to really think about, are these statements mostly true or mostly false? One, are you regularly pessimistic and cynical about your work, boss, coworkers, or clients? Do you feel like you're always forcing yourself out of bed to get to work? Have you had trouble getting into your work, like getting motivated? Do you find yourself frequently irritable and short-tempered with your boss, coworkers, clients, or family? Do you feel fatigued most of the time? Are you finding little or no satisfaction in your efforts and achievements? Does work regularly leave you disillusioned? Are you consistently numbing your feelings through self-medication? And that includes TV, food, alcohol, or other things. Are you experiencing sleep disturbances? Insomnia, restless sleep, can't get to sleep, 
as a part of your normal routine? Are you a perfectionist? Are you experiencing chronic physical pains, headaches, neck pain, back pain, belly pain for no apparent reason? Do you say yes to request more than you say no? Do you feel an inability to influence decisions at work? Are your job expectations unclear? Is your work mismatched for your values? If you said mostly true or mostly false, if you scored mostly false, chances are that your stress is under control. But if you scored mostly true on more than several, it might be time to take a pause and ask yourself if burnout is impacting your life. And if so, considered if you're ready to do something about it. Whether you scored high or low on the continuum, we are all at risk of suffering from burnout at least once in our lifetime. Through this quiz of questions that I just gave you, it's not meant to replace a clinical assessment. I'm not here to diagnose you. I'm just help you to get informed on where you fall out on the burnout risk scale and indicate whether it's time to simply ease off the gas or time to really get serious about seeking relief from burnout. So what can you do to avoid or at least minimize the effects of our lives from burnout? How to avoid burnout. When exploring ways to avoid burnout, I want to address first unhealthy strategies that many of us lean on to cope with the burdens, demands, and responsibility of life. That's right, I'm looking at you. And these are instant gratification. So immediate gratification offers the promise of a quick fix to help us feel better. Well, does it really help you heal from burnout? I'm not so sure about that. You know the drill. Retail therapy, buying things, self-medicating with food or caffeine or sugar or fatty fried foods, a TV binge watching or an adrenaline-fueled activity such as, I don't know, bungee jumping or doing things that are a little too risky. Most of these strategies are merely stopgap measures that over time actually hurt our chances of recovering from burnout. These are instant gratifications. Self-discipline is often disguised as short-term pain, which often leads to long-term gains. The mistake most of us make is the need and the want for short-term gains, immediate gratification, which often leads to long-term pain. Here's a quote from Charles Glassman, Brain Drain, the breakthrough that will change your life. Self-discipline is often disguised as a short-term pain, which often leads to long-term gains. The mistake that many of us make is the need and want for short-term gains, immediate gratification, which often leads to long-term pain. When you reach the bottom of the carton of Ben & Jerry's, do you really feel much better? Of course you do. But those good feelings vanish very quickly and can actually contribute to the intensity and duration of burnout rather than alleviating it. Who among us hasn't suffered from food regret from time to time? I certainly have. Mine usually has to do with pizza. But there are healthier ways of dealing with it. So if accomplishments, like binge watching an entire season of Game of Thrones in a weekend, or buying that latest widget you don't need, aren't cutting it for you anymore, read on. Burnout won't simply run its course, folks. 
It turns out that burnout is like a virus. It's insidious. It's invisible. It can knock you off your feet often before you even realize what hits you. But unlike a virus, burnout must be proactively treated or it will never go away. Luckily, there is a way to treat burnout, a way to eliminate it from your life and get back to feeling yourself again. And the good news is the treatment is really simple. All it takes is a few modest changes in attitude and behavior to help refuel your tank, keep you in the race, and ensure that eventually you cross the finish line. There is a catch, however. The nature and symptoms of burnout, apathy, fatigue, hopelessness, for example, can make it challenging to move from inertia to momentum. So while the solution may be simple, it is not effortless. But the effort you do put into it, that you put into this recovery, will be worth it in the end, I promise. Benjamin Franklin, energy and persistence conquer all things. Whether you have a case of full-blown burnout or you suspect that you're heading in that direction, there are strategies to prevent burnout from taking hold of your life. Here are a few approaches for you to help prevent burnout. Number one, did I do this recently? (laughs) Reevaluate your priorities. What do you want to get out of your life and your work? Like what's really important to you? Take stock in the areas of your life that's causing stress and try to resolve and eliminate them. Like literally eliminate them. Two, set boundaries. There are many ways to establish healthy boundaries at home and at work. Now, while there's just no escaping certain demands, other responsibilities can be optional. So focusing on the non-compulsory duties and resist the urge to say yes to practicing no. Another way of setting boundaries is to use a calendar to establish clear lines between work and personal time and make the promise to yourself that you're going to stick to it. I like the acronym of FOG, F-O-G, in setting boundaries. Are you making a choice based on fear, obligation, or guilt? If the answer is yes to any of those, that you're choosing something out of fear, obligation, or guilt, then you might want to reevaluate those boundaries. Next, a scheduled binge. We often fill our days with work priorities without even a second thought. But how would it feel if you were to fill an entire day, once a week, once a month, to absolutely indulge yourself in the things you love? called a binge day. So you love gelato, you love movies, you like massages. Why not schedule a day to do it all? What's all that work if not to allow yourself some of life's little pleasures on a regular basis? Next, spend time with friends. Socializing, right? Socialize with colleagues after work. It can feel like a continuation of the work day, only with hot wings, nachos, and a margarita. But connecting with people outside of your professional circle gives you time to unplug from work and redirect your energy and focus. Sharing the stresses of work with non-coworkers can be an opportunity to hear fresh perspectives. It can also help you feel connected to a community outside of work. The suggestions I mentioned above can help alleviate stress and help avoid burnout. But what if it's too late to avoid burnout? What if you are right smack dab in the middle of your own burnout hell right now? Will those solutions above help? Perhaps if you're suffering from a full-blown case of burnout, prioritizing, setting boundaries, splurging, and socializing can probably feel like spitting on a five-alarm fire. Sure, you're doing something, but it's not going to be effective. 
If you are already in burnout hell, those things I mentioned above are just putting a small band-aid on a gushing wound. Hands down, the best way to deal with burnout is to avoid overstressing altogether. But let's face it, we live in a real world and who's able to do that? Sure, resigning from work, getting divorced, quitting school, these are all options that might immediately eliminate the stress that you're feeling at the core. But those drastic decisions can set us up for a whole new set of stressors. How does being unemployed with bills to pay reduce stress, for example? Now, while few of us have the luxury of quitting work without a safety net or taking an extended leave, there are ways to carve out time for yourself at work to recover. One, ask for fewer responsibilities. Two, cut back on some hours. Three, setting more realistic expectations. Four, take a demotion. Five, delegate tasks that are less drastic options. Spanish proverb, how beautiful it is to do nothing and then rest afterwards. So when burnout gets the best of you and it's time to reset and replenish your energy, go back to the basics of self-care. One, rest. Yep, rest. The first step in recovering from full-blown burnout is to rest, rest, and then rest some more. One burnout sufferer, with the understanding of his wife and kids, spent six months of weekends doing nothing but sleeping to recover from his exhaustion. Another took a leave of absence from work for two months and sat on a chair on the porch of her childhood home, staring at the woods, listening to the sounds of nature. While these may sound like extreme actions, reclaiming rest and sleep are the cornerstones of recovery. Do you have unused or overdue vacation days? Do you have a sanctuary where you can recharge your energy? Even a single day off can make a huge difference. Sleep debt is a fast-becoming recognized social ailment that affects our ability to function. It also plays a significant role in prolonging burnout. Good hygiene includes limiting daytime naps, avoiding stimulants like alcohol, nicotine, and sugar close to bedtime, exercising, moving your body, folks, as little as 10 minutes a day, Come on, you could even do five minutes in the morning, afternoon, and evening, but 10 minutes a day makes a huge difference in perfusing blood flow to your kidney, liver, and that big brain of yours. Avoiding food four to five hours before bed. Avoiding light from screens, TVs, computers, tablets, smartphones, at least an hour before bed. And if you can't, get blue blocker glasses. Using calm bedroom colors. Hanging blackout curtains. Using white noise machines. Next, get it moving. No, I'm not talking about packing up the house and heading to points beyond. Although, there's nothing wrong with a good fresh start. I'm talking about getting physical. Again, you might be thinking, hang on, I'm burnt out. Where am I supposed to find the energy to work out? Not in the mood to hit the gym or leave the house? No problem. The kind of movement that I am talking about doesn't require training for a triathlon or trying to lose 25 pounds in a month or relocating to India to learn yoga. Overdoing it is what likely set burnout in motion in the first place for you. But think instead of low-intensity restorative movement, simply walking around the block or the backyard, stretching in the living room floor, or deep breathing boosts metabolism, it aids in digestion, and it clears the mind and fires endorphins, all of which can have a positive impact on your recovery. 
choose baby steps, not a triathlon, at least to get started. Next, set goals. Again, you may be thinking the last thing I want to do when I'm burnt out is to set more goals for myself. If I'm lucky, I can drag myself out of bed. And you're right. Setting goals can feel like a huge effort when you're overwhelmed. But goal setting doesn't need to be difficult or ambitious. It's absolutely critical for recovery, though. When you're in the state, goal setting feels impossible. I get it. But start by setting very small, achievable goals before tackling your next big dream. Return a phone call or an email. Do the laundry. Walk a dog. Cook a healthy meal, for example. Small goals just to give you back some personal wins. But remember, if you haven't run around the track since high school, even a walk around the block might leave you winded and sore. And the same goes for setting and achieving goals. Slow and steady. Even the smallest achievement is a success. Limit it to one thing if you have to. One goal. I do three. Every morning, what are my top three goals for the day? And it might be as simple as eating a healthy breakfast or taking a run or as simple as making sure that I have everything ready to get to work for the next day. After getting into the rhythm of some of the basics I mentioned above, weeks or months later, you'll have recovered some strength and be in a better position to take on life's bigger challenges and questions as they come. Remember Peter, the cubicle guy, the drone from Office Space? In the end, he doesn't quit his job. He just stops showing up. In a meeting with efficiency consultants, he gives them the laundry list of what's wrong with the work environment. The result of his blistering honesty? He was offered a promotion. Let that sink in for a moment. Peter Gibbons is an exhausted drone in a dreary, soul-crushing job doing just enough not to get fired. He's basically burnt out personified. But the minute he realizes he's unhappy and has had enough, he takes a risk. He takes action to change his situation by expressing his truest self and is rewarded with a promotion. Though it's not the end of the story for Peter, in that moment his life does change for the better. And burnout doesn't have to be the end of the story for you. Burnout is a serious condition, folks. Suffering from burnout can impact all aspects of your life, but it doesn't have to be a life sentence. Armed with the right mindset, being open to asking yourself some tough questions, and the willingness to feel some temporary pain. Burnout can provide an opportunity to self-reflect, take stock, and ultimately become more self-aware. Burnout offers you a choice to turn inward and discover a connection or a disconnection between your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, your values, and the work you have chosen to do. And it can help you determine what steps you need to take to get into alignment with people and things that matter the most to you in your life. Once you know the causes and the signs of burnout, it can be easy and even fun to implement small yet significant changes in your lifestyle. With a few transformations under your belt, you're going to feel more empowered, more competent, and more confident in making even bigger changes. In other words, there is hope. And my acronym for hope is healing one's personal energy. If you're open to it, recovering from a burnout can be a springboard to a new, brighter, and more hopeful chapter in your life. It can be an opportunity to rediscover the person you are now and the person you want to become. The next time you're at the end of your rope, ask yourself, 
What is my burnout trying to tell me? The answers may be the key to permanently eliminating burnout from your life and living life as your truest self. The cost of burnout far outweighs the investments in a truly balanced, introspective, and fulfilling life. I'm Dr. Julia Bolin, and I'm absolutely honored that you've taken the time to listen to this podcast and taken the time to self-reflect. May you be happier, healthier, and more fulfilled by implementing these strategies in your everyday life at work and at home. And may you choose to do the self-care. I hope you choose to download and do the self-care quiz. I think you'll find it helpful as well as motivating to try to take small baby steps in the self-care process that will help you beat burnout for the rest of your life. Thank you so much for listening to Mindset Medicine episode number 16. Thank you for listening to Mindset Medicine with your host, Dr. Julia Bolin. To learn more about Mindset Medicine, go to www.juliabolinmd.com and connect with Dr. Julia to find out how our team can help you today. Join us again next week for more expert tips, tools, and strategies to become healthier, wealthier, and wiser in your personal and professional life. The Mindset Medicine Podcast is for informational purposes only. The information provided is not intended to provide medical, psychological, legal, or financial advice. Information provided is not to diagnose or treat any medical or psychological illness. To read the full disclaimer, see drjuliabolinmd.com.